We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show live on Monday as, uh, believe it or not, Atlanta United picked up three points uh, yesterday. Good victory over one of the lesser teams in uh, MLS, but uh, they all count the same and Quick turnaround as they get ready on Wednesday to take on Philadelphia. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Felipe Cardenas. He, of course, covers all things soccer for The Athletic. Theathletic.com is where you can check out his work and follow him on Twitter at Felipe Carr. And listen, Felipe, a win is a win is a win right now for United, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who you play. Finding that three points is what was most important yesterday. Of course. I mean, Atlanta United has struggled this season with, with just getting wins, right? Like they haven't won two games in a row all season. And if you look at the where they are in the standings and, and really the hurdle and the hill that they're trying to climb as they make this late push to the playoffs, D.C. United, the worst team in MLS, the team that is most likely to earn the wooden spoon, which is given out to the worst team that finished, the team that finishes last in, uh, in, in, in the collective standings in the East and the West, uh, you look at the schedule that Atlanta United has, and it was like, okay, that's the game that they'll win. They they have D.C. United at home. D.C. United are shambles. They're struggling. Uh, and Atlanta United, despite the struggles that they've had and, and just playing complete games, you know, playing a complete 90-minute game, they can beat D.C. United. I honestly went into the match thinking, you know, this could be the game that Atlanta truly needs, like a 3-0 win, a 4 nothing win that just gives them the confidence that they haven't had all season. And it wasn't like that. It was quite the opposite. They went down right away in the second half and they had to fight back. But you mentioned it, John, in the end, they get the three points and they're still alive in the playoff. Hunt. So with that, Felipe, obviously we saw Joseph Martinez. He got it going yesterday, got a goal yesterday. You've only got a handful of matches left. And to your point, yeah, you're only a few points back, but you have several teams that you're either tied with, ahead of you, and things like that if you're going to get in the playoff spot. How much does Atlanta United now have to kind of play with their hair on fire? And whether that's getting Joseph back in the starting lineup, playing him a lot, whatever it takes, it seems like they have to kind of, I don't want to say push the panic button, but they kind of have to push the panic button a little bit. I agree. I think right now, and based off what we saw yesterday when Joseph comes on, and I tweeted when I saw him warming up and like he's made his way to the touchline to come onto the field, I tweeted, okay, here comes Joseph Martinez, time to be a hero. And he scored like three minutes later. And so and then we saw a different Joseph. I think the fans were like, yes, that's the Joseph Martinez we've been waiting to see, a guy that was very active. He was making the runs that perhaps he wasn't making earlier. You know, I think it's twofold. I think his teammates aren't sending the balls in from – uh, you know, behind the line that he so that he was used to getting in previous years, everything became very static in, in the attack, and Joseph was just one other guy on the team that that wasn't performing. But yesterday, it, he really proved that he's still very dangerous, and if you leave him alone in the box, like he's going to put it away. And the the alternative, uh, Ronaldo Cisneros, yes, he has seven goals, but he, I think everyone understands that he was a band aid. He was the second striker signing that was going to come in and just 
really provide depth. And he has overperformed at times, and other times he's looked quite honestly pedestrian. He's not the guy moving forward. You know, Joseph Martinez is still the star of this team, and they're going to need him, to your point. They really need him. He has to start. You know, he has to start on Wednesday against Philadelphia, one of the top teams in the league, because what what Atlanta has been missing throughout the year and, and when they, they go through these stretches where you're not sure who they are and they're figuring out who they are, you know, the swagger has been one of the things that uh, I feel like has been missing the most from this Atlanta United team and, and from the, the club over the years. And Joseph is that guy. Joseph Martinez is that guy that can bring that back, and you've got to lean on him. You know, you've given him the rest. You've done the load management up to this point of the season. You've been here before with him, too, last season when they needed to make a similar run. He wasn't as fit as he is now, and they really pushed him to provide that spark, and he was part of that run, that late run that got LA United to the playoffs last season. So why not do it again right now where he has that knees in a better place? And I think he's really hungry to be that guy again. So uh, it, it's it's to a point where, you know, John, I think the fans also – are are getting tired of of the sort of results that they see week in and week out where they're not sure the team is going to which team is going to show up and they look at the schedule that's remaining and I'm sure you'll ask me about it but it's the toughest schedule that of any in my opinion of any playoff contending team in major league soccer and so the fans want to know can we compete against the best teams in MLS and you're going to find out in the next few weeks Felipe Cardenas joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Of course, covers all things soccer for The Athletic. So let me ask it like this. Is the most frustrating thing about this year the fact that while you have all of these injuries, and we understand that, but your front line and your attacking guys haven't done enough? When, when you have had all those guys healthy, including Joseph, you just haven't gotten enough results out of them this year. Is, is that a fair assessment? That's fair, and that's part of it. That's part of the issue, right? Like, I think statistically, and this is where if you want to look for progress and silver linings or something to look forward to or something to build off of, I think any any fan that, that looks at data and the coaching staff, that I think they really lean on data, uh, they would look at it as, hey, this is what we're doing right. They are creating chances. You know, it's a, the, the, the attack isn't as stagnant as it has been in years past or as it was earlier in the season. Uh, there's a lot, there's better movement, they're getting chances, uh, the famous XG stat, which is basically the, the chances that they create in one game is, is, is looking good, it's high uh, at the end of the game, but the, they're not clinical enough to put teams away, to, to, to have these sort of games where they win 3 nothing, 4 nothing, and they're in control of the game, and they're, they're resting the starters, they're pulling starters out now, like every game is like this battle to just not lose. And, and that weighs on the team, that weighs on the mentality. So the attack is one thing. Uh, I think the, the biggest problem this year, other than just missing important players, has been the defensive solidity. They haven't been solid enough. They haven't been stout enough. They don't keep, keep clean sheets like they used to. Uh, and they allow teams to get back into the game too often. And so that's a concern. And when you get to the playoffs, if this team makes the playoffs, and if you look at the top teams in, in MLS that – uh, that are performing well, and that then they get into the single elimination playoff format, which is very important to know. What you need there is top defending and, and goalkeeping. Goalkeeping that's going to keep you in games, defensive uh, strategies that's going, to, that's going to keep you in games, attacking players that can you know, give you brilliant moves and, and win games for you. And I think Atlanta just doesn't have that on the back end. They have attacking players, 
to your point, the chemistry hasn't been there, but really there are too many holes still in order to, to look at Atlanta United as a team that like, yes, they can get to the playoffs and they can make a run at the final. I think there's too much work to do, but again, like you said at the top of the, the interview, it's still mathematically, they're still alive. So you asked the question on your Twitter page, who's been Atlanta United's best player. Is there an answer besides Almada this year? I mean, is there really a, another legitimate answer to that question? So I asked that question because, and I got the, the answers that I needed and that I was expecting. Cause I don't think there's, I didn't think the fans would say it is this person, it's this guy the, you know, there's this, there's one solid MVP for Atlanta United. And I, and I was proved correct. I had fans tweeting back at me, giving me four options as the best player. And I asked for one. And so that tells me that there's, it's up in the air. There hasn't been a solid, you know, clear cut, most valuable player that is performing at that level all season. And of course, this goes back to the, to the injuries as well. So even someone like Andrew Gutman, who a lot of fans uh, mentioned like he's been in and out of the lineup through injury and he's come back and he's looked like a player that wow they could have needed him. they could have used him all season if he was healthy so that's why he was up there Thiago Amada in my opinion like I would put him in the conversation and probably at the top of the list because he has shown his quality pretty much in every game and he has next level quality I think he's going to be playing in a at a higher level very soon in the next uh, season or so uh, but even he hasn't been able to be the player that's like just carrying the team on his back and, and giving these MVP performances. So I think honestly, John, like there isn't a clear cut answer as who has been the best player for Atlanta United. And that says a lot about the state of the club and, and where they are and, and how they need to rebuild. Uh, because you look around the league and the top, you know, the MVP candidates right now, like it is, it still baffles me that Atlanta is going, you know, three seasons now without an MVP candidate. Uh, and the players that are up there in MLS are players that are performing, that are scoring, you know, double-digit goals, double-digit assists, you know, carrying their teams on a weekly basis. And so that's where Atlanta needs to improve. But it, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's an interesting experiment to find out who truly has been that best player for Atlanta in an up-and-down season. Felipe Cardenas joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline, resulting soccer for The Athletic. So we have not had a chance to talk since the Darren Eels announcement. And I listened to whatever that thing is they call it nowadays. What is it, the Twitter spaces or squares or rooms or whatever, (laughs) whatever that thing is. And I thought the discussion was was very interesting. And and it's why I like talking to you. You know, and I've gone around since then asking people, you think that the difference with this franchise has been – that it's not a matter of replacing Miguel Almarone, but they haven't replaced the Nagbees and the Michael Parkhurst and those those role players that did so many things to help United win. Do you think that's the biggest difference between where we're at now and what we were a few years ago? Yes, uh, I think it's a, it's too it's twofold the answer because Miguel Almarone is like I talk a lot about this a lot like the curse of Miguel Almarone like someone floated that to me. Uh, uh, last season and just like a, in a private conversation that I was having and it's it just stuck with me because it's not hasn't only been Atlanta United's problem it's been MLS it's been a problem for MLS to find that player that has been like Miguel Amarone that you bring over he plays two seasons he becomes a star and then you sell him for 30 million dollars to the premier to a premier league club and I, I feel like so many clubs not just Atlanta United like saw that proof of concept and said that's what we want to do and it's really hard to do. It's really hard to find that player that can 
not only is at that level the Miguel Almiron, but then comes here and shows it consistently and just turns the league around. Uh, so that's been a problem because Atlanta has been after that jewel, you know, that big signing. They can, they have the money, they have the funds to outbid European teams for some of these players in South America, Atlanta United does. So that's been a benefit to them, but they haven't hit on these signings. And so uh, if your strategy is to just spend and find the top players and the most expensive player or the, perhaps the, the top U20 player in South America that everybody wants, uh, I, I don't think that's the best strategy. It's proving to be one that is perhaps only standing on one leg because you mentioned some of the other players that are that have been part of the championship season that are in MLS, domestic players that understand this league, uh, that 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 are experienced, and also are just very good soccer players. You know, Michael Parkhurst has not been replaced. Like that sort of savvy, that intelligence uh, is just not on this team anymore. I, I talk a lot about. Jeff Lorenowitz, like we talk about Nagby a lot, but I feel like, you know, the guy that they haven't replaced is a Jeff Lorenowitz, like a garbage pail guy, like a lunch pail guy, uh, blue collar, uh, really smart, can play in multiple positions. And all he does is allow the creative players to do their thing. And so Atlanta has shifted really, the, the pivot has been so sharp to like younger players, more expensive players. And I think that is something that the front office moving forward, you know, when, when Darren Eels replacement is in the office come January, like they, he's this, this person, he or she is really going to have to, I think, uh, reevaluate the strategy right now um, as far as roster building and, and make a decision if this is the right way to go. If the season ends on October 9th with a loss to New York City and they don't qualify for the playoffs, they're gonna, Atlanta will be facing, I think, their third rebuild in a row. And and that says a lot about where the front office is right now. I think the decision makers in Atlanta, Arthur Blank, Steve Cannon, they understand that one of the goals is for Atlanta's executive team, the president and the sporting director, currently Carlos Bocanegra, those people in charge need to be the top, some of the top executives in major league soccer. And, and they're not at that point anymore. And so there's a lot to fix, I think, from an organizational standpoint that will eventually trickle down to what you see on Saturdays. And, and for now, it's just like, this is who they are. These are the players that they have. I think there's effort there and there's some potential, but it's not a championship caliber team. Last question, Felipe, just I literally got about 30 seconds left. What do you think the total points that Atlanta United needs to look at if they're going to be a playoff team this year? Where do they, where do they need to kind of land? Well, you know, math was always my worst subject, John, and it <laughs> still is my worst subject. But if I'm looking at the table right now, Columbus is sitting at 36. I mean, Atlanta, they need to be look, they need to be looking at 40 points at least, I think. You know, they have to hit the 40-point mark and then hope that some results go their way. Right now, they're at 33. Uh, they face everyone ahead of them. They face Toronto. They face New England, uh, Orlando, New York City, Philadelphia, everyone that is in a much better spot than them. So if I, I don't have a magic number, but right now at 33 and the, the games that they have left, they've got to be in that 40-point range. Well, we will see, uh, and it starts up pretty quick here. as a quick turnaround on Wednesday. Follow him on Twitter, at Felipe Carr. Check out his work at theathletic.com. Felipe Cardenas joined us here on the waitfor.com hotline. Felipe, as always, man, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes uh, to this evening. Anytime, John. Thanks for having me. You got it. John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports waiting after the game in the odyssey.com app. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.